Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another season of Being Freelance. And this episode is supported by Coconut, the one simple app you need to manage your business finances when you're self-employed. With banking, bookkeeping, invoicing and tax all in one place. Crack business admin. Get coconut.com slash being freelance and support also comes from with jack they help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client get the freelance insurance you deserve with monthly plans and zero cancellation fees a with jack policy gives you complete control over your protection visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer and right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for email developer and tomlin I asked a bunch of my friends, you know, what do you think? Should I do this? You know, <laughs> so yeah, I was super scared, but made the jump, and it was honestly the best thing I could have ever done. Getting out there and and not necessarily networking in the traditional sense of like trying to get your business name out there, but like talking to people, you know, geeking out about it, trying to help has definitely been a driving factor in the clients that I've gotten. I just thought that it would be more fun to have a, a fun name, you know, that would stick in people's head rather than, oh, you should see Ann Tomlin, you know, Ann Tomlin seems a little forgettable, but emails y'all uh, definitely sticks in people's heads. Yeah, so there we are. That is Anne, first guest of season 10, first guest of another century of podcasts since we've just broken the 200 mark another decade <laughs> ahead of us. I hope you had a great Christmas break if you're listening to this as it goes out uh, and all is well with you. But yeah, Anne is over in Austin, Texas, and she is an email developer looking forward to hearing her story. She is joining the ranks of other guests at beingfreelance.com. I hope you can come there too and join us. There are articles for you to check out. There are videos and join us in the community. Uh, you can click on the link, come join freelancers from all around the world world right there and if you want to find out how to support being freelance check out beingfreelance.com and of course uh, this podcast takes a lot of effort and hours which is why it's awesome to receive the support from with jack thank you for coming back guys and also coconut who are a new supporter for this year thank you very much to coconut they are a bookkeeping tool, bookkeeping tax, as you heard me mention, but also they can give you a business current account. So well worth checking out. It's a really interesting idea. They seem thoroughly lovely to deal with. So thank you very much to them for coming on board. And you can also support individually yourself. You can buy me coffee and biscuits by going to beingfreelance.com slash coffee. Right, though, shall we crack on? with the next 100 episodes with freelance email developer Anne Tomlin. Hey, Anne. Hey. Well, as ever, let's get started hearing how you got started being freelance. Uh, well, it's kind of a sad story at first. But <gasps> okay, it's going to get better. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> okay, so uh, I you know, started doing web development in like 2010-ish. Uh, and started getting relatively good at it. But in 2000 and I think it was 16, maybe 17, my cat got cancer. And I was very sad about it and decided that I wanted to spend the time that he had left with him. Like I wanted to work at home and be with him during that time. And so I decided to go freelance. 
and I made my company, uh, which is named Emails, y'all, and started getting some clients. And it actually has turned out that my cat's cancer is very slow growing. So he's been fine since and he <gasps> should be okay for a great while. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'm loving this already. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I still wish your cat wasn't sick, but yeah. still. <laughs> Hang on. But back in 2010, so you were, a, you described yourself as a web developer. So were you doing email? So yeah, I did. Uh, I was mostly a web developer, but email is always, you know, usually something that gets pushed on web developers and they don't really like doing it. But with me, um, I'm completely self-taught. So I never had to go to a coding class or anything like that. Because of that, email seemed right side up for me while it always seems uh, upside down to other web developers. It just makes sense in my brain. It's it, like I said, it's backward. It's like coding in 1999. So, uh, it actually ended up, you know, being great for me because it made total sense to me and I love the structure and the, and the difficult, you know, aspects of it. And yeah, so I am no, I would not say that I am a web developer anymore. I am definitely an email developer. So was that the case where you, you were working for what, like an agency and got asked to do an email? Or? Yes. Yeah, that was the case. Uh, yeah, I got asked to do my first email and, uh, you know, had, had some trouble with it at first, but started doing research and found that there's a huge email geek community and uh, that loves to help each other. So, and I've been doing that for almost 10 years now. And so you're still working within that company, though, for another six years, or, or maybe oh. you went to others. Did, did, did you start to be known as the person to go to for email? Or were you Right. That's, that's exactly what happened. So I, um, I did bounce, you know, from job to job until I went freelance. But, uh, you know, with each one, it was, I had gained more knowledge and more skills to be able to, to, you know, do specific things within email. And that made me, of course, get to the next, next level, um, you know, where I would go to a different company and get like, you know, a, a not better job, but a, you know, job more specified to email, which is what I wanted. And with those companies, were you working physically in-house or working remotely? Uh, all of them were physically in-house except for the last one. And um, I was working for Sirius XM, who's in Dallas, which is three hours away. So I definitely doing um, remote at that point. <laughs> I would go up to Dallas every once in a while, but it, it three hours drive is a little bit too much of a commute. <laughs> That's one hell of a commute. Yes. <laughs> and how long were you in that last job for? I'm just wondering how long you got that taste of working sort of solitary at home. Uh, yeah, I had that job for about a year and a half or so. So, But I also had been doing freelance on the side for about five years before that. Oh, right. Yeah. And so uh, I had been yeah freelancing on the side and it just so happened that Everything kind of worked out exactly at the right time where Sirius didn't necessarily need me on contract anymore. I was getting really good clients with my freelance and, of course, my cat. So it, it ended up just working out great for everybody. And you said that you work as a company, emails your. Were you, when you know, when you first started getting those freelance gigs, 
were you that then or? No, I was just doing, uh, doing freelance on the side. I actually, somebody from the, uh, email geek community contacted me on Twitter and was like, Hey, you willing to do some freelance? And I was just, I've never done such a thing. So yeah, sure. Why not? You know? And then, uh, you know, as, um, yeah, as I, as my name got out there a little more and more, more clients came in. I see. So you weren't even actively going out there trying to get them. They were coming to you by being part of a community. Yes, that's correct. Cool. And and when you're in that community, that makes it sound like it's a sort of community where you're asking questions, you're answering questions. Like, was it that sort of thing? Yes, exactly. That's it's a very tight knit community um, started on Twitter with the hashtag email geeks. Uh, and then it um, went to Slack. So there's now an Email Geek Slack channel where pretty much all of us hang out and uh, ask questions, talk about things, you know, that, that sort of stuff. Geek out about email. <laughs> and how were you fitting that, that first section of freelance work in around the rest of your working life? I was doing it at nights and weekends. So I didn't very much have a, a lot of free time at that point, but I was also really enjoying it. And did you know what you were doing like from a business side of things? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I uh, really just sort of, get, like I said, the person asked me and I was like, sure, okay. And I gave her a, a quote thinking just, you know, eh, whatever, I make it my job, you know, <laughs> which was drastically too low. Uh but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I learned as as I went on, and of course, you know, when when I went full time, uh, you know, had to deal with the tax issue and all that kind of stuff. So I, I made the uh, the company for that. And did you feel by the time you went freelance? Because obviously, it sounded like by the time you went freelance, you hadn't been working up to it deliberately. You'd kind of been doing it almost sub subconsciously, just- <laughs> right? Exactly. So did did you feel prepared by that point? I was still very scared <laughs> and you know asked a bunch of my friends, you know, what do you think should I do this? You know. <laughs> um so yeah, I was super scared but uh made the jump and it was honestly the best thing I could have ever done. Awesome. Were those first clients still coming from the community? Yeah, they the first ones came from the community and you know pretty much that's where I get all of my clients come from from the email geek community. They just find me through word of mouth but who is hiring in you as in presumably it's not other email developers so is it like i don't know conversion copywriters or i'm trying to imagine who would be hiring you from within that community so there's usually two types of of clients that i get and that's agencies who have too much work to do and like they have a in email developer that's very stressed has too much uh and says hey you know there's ann why don't we hire her for this, you know, short period of time? Uh, and I also periodically will get like actual brands like Famous Footwear, Naturalizer, NPR, etc. They either find me through, uh, you know, articles that have been written about me or um, just see my work. Or actually, I don't really know completely how that works out, but I assume that it's like word of mouth-ish. <laughs> What what a wonderful reputation to have! You said you said <laughs> articles, though. so articles being written. Yeah. Um, so at first, I started getting asked um, 
yeah, for my opinion on certain aspects of, of email development. And that would get into, uh, into an article about like year end wrap up, you know, what do you expect for the next year for email? You know, uh, so I'd give like a little blurb and then, uh, that, has ended up progressing to full articles about me and like my how, how I got into the industry, you know, what my take is on uh, how one should do email development and uh, and other other sorts of articles regarding me and my career. Cool. So so do you ever write the articles or it's usually you being interviewed? No, it's always me being interviewed. What a, that's the best way to do it, right? You've not <laughs> got to stress about it so much. Yeah. Do you ever like actively put yourself out there for them or these have all just come about over uh, time? It's all come about over time through, wow. uh, through word of mouth. I have not um, put up any ads, but you know, I do have a listing in like a specific email uh newsletter type group so i suppose you could call that advertising gotcha so like a an online yeah it's like a group of of people who you know are are about email and they're in uh they they have a you know daily newsletter type thing and they also have a website and on that website there are people there's like lists of email developers or email companies and stuff so emails y'all is on the on one of those lists and how about you know so on your website for emails y'all which is a great name (laughs) did you like do you do anything on there to i don't know be it I know all of you, like SEO or blogging or, you know, all of these things that we often hear about. How about yeah. any of that? Um, so, I mean, I did uh, the simplest SEO uh, course, you know, type of thing on lynda.com, you know, to help with that. Um, but uh, no, I don't, I don't have a blog yet. I, I have very good, uh, you know, aspirations to do a blog, but Never seems to have enough time to do it. Do you do case studies? No. Cool. So it's more like here's me, here's my services. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And and, and then uh, you know showing how I can help. Uh, you know wh- why doing email the way that I do that is so incredibly specific. Why that's a good thing for your company, and you know you'll get way more ROI if you do if you make your emails the way that I make them. So there's there's that sort of thing. There's also um, uh, putting you know giving examples of my work. So I have a whole portfolio. Um, yeah, but uh, and also like like a whole listing of what I can do to help. You know, I can't. I you know if you don't need me to do to code your email, uh, I can troubleshoot it. If you're having having problems with you know a particular email client, you know like Outlook. Uh, I can help you troubleshoot that, you know, those issues. And I'm presuming through the nature of like email marketing and stuff that there might be busier times of year, like Black Friday, Christmas or the (laughs) summer for certain clients, the summer as well. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely the summer is a little bit of a slower time. And um, October through February is very busy for me. So, because exactly what you said, Black Friday, Christmas, um, New Year's, Valentine's Day, yeah, that that sort of thing. How have you come to cope with that with that busier time? 
Um, I have a time management type of software that's, it's called cushion app and Mm -hmm. it allows you to have like a visual, you know, look at your schedule. So I do lots of making sure that my schedule is, you know, set at a certain time and I'm not going to be overly booked, you know, and if I do end up getting overly booked, I do have another coder that I trust. But of course, I always, uh, you know, want to want to code my own emails. I do have perfectionist issues, <laughs> so I usually uh, will not go to to somebody else. You know, I, I like to make sure that my schedule is set so that you know uh, everybody gets my specific time. You know, when when they need it. Does that mean saying no to people or? So um, that's another part where the email geek community uh, helps out since uh, there's a bunch of, uh, of us freelancing. We also know each other. So if I'm busy, uh, I'll say, hey, why don't you contact, you know, Annette or Josh over there, you know, and, you know, they might have time for you. And you know, periodically when Annette or Josh or anybody else, you know, has too much work, they'll be like, hey, go over to Anne. Anne will help you if she has time. And do you ever educate your clients? Like, do you have like a process? Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of education when it comes to email. Um, Some of my clients are like brand new to email. So there's a lot of educating about the things, uh, things about email that are vastly different from, uh, web mail and how you are from, from, uh, web development and how you address those. Um, I also have some clients that are like raring to go. They're just, you know, they already know what they want. They just hand me a PSD and say, you know, make this and they don't need to know, you know, that outlook is awful at rendering emails. They already know that, you know? (laughs) So it really depends on where the client is at, you know, in their email journey. So do you have a lot of repeat clients over time? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a few regulars like, um, famous footwear, uh, has me, uh, pretty much all the time. Uh, I have something from them. Um, and I also have a, uh, youth camp uh here in texas called pine cove and uh yeah they always need an email or something so is that like a retainer where you know you're going to get the work or it just it's not it's not necessarily retainer in that they give me money beforehand it's just like i know that they're gonna have work for me to do so i'll just i'll I'll like put it in the schedule like you know expecting something to come in so if they, you know, don't need need me during that week, great. I can, uh, you know, uh, get get another client in. Mm. It sounds clearly like the community has been huge for you. But is it is it all online, or do you get to meet other people in 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 face to face situations? Yeah, um, it's mostly online, but um, we all meet up at. Um, email conferences. There are actually quite a few of them. (laughs) Um, Most of them are about um, like the, are not necessarily about development, but um, more the, you know, practical side of of email, you know, uh, not necessarily design or anything, just sort of like, what's the best subject line, you know, (laughs) you know, doing, you know, uh, email tangentially related things like analytics or making sure that you're, 
uh, email service provider? You know, what, what's the best one of that? You know, that sort of thing. So there's lots of email conferences uh, that are like, you know, that are email related, you know, that, that don't necessarily do email development, but there is one that does email development. And that's where all of us geek out, like <laughs> hardcore geek out. Uh, yeah, you, you've never seen geeky, like <laughs> email geeks. I'm presuming actually maybe do you get different things out of those different conferences? Uh, yeah, usually with the with the developer one, it's really just hanging out with my friends, you know. The other ones are more sort of, uh, you know, I have to kind of be the spokesman for, for emails, y'all. You know, so it's more sort of, uh, you know, the, those other, other email conferences are more sort of like, networking and you know talking to people getting emails y'all's name out that sort of thing and how do you find doing that it's not it's not uh necessarily easy for me to do but i'm getting better at it (laughs) so of of getting getting out and like and approaching people and and you know striking up conversations about emails you know and possibly their needs you know for email development uh, so yeah like i said it doesn't come naturally but i'm i'm getting better at it and do you, do you ever speak at events i have spoken at, at um two events um at one i was on a panel um about how to up your email career and they wanted me specifically because i'm a freelancer so uh, that one was, was super fun to do. And the other one, I actually had a, a full presentation with slides. What you need to know about hiring a freelance email developer before you do the hiring, like what what you should already have in place before you contact an email mm. developer to start helping you. Yeah, both were very you know satisfying. I hope that I can do more speaking. In terms of upping your career, like what would you say has worked best for you over these past uh well i mean as you say 10 years really but certainly the last four uh being freelance full-time so i am very active in the community i basically tweet at least once a day uh i answer anybody's questions that's another like big way uh, i've gotten some excellent clients uh, especially with uh famous footwear is uh somebody who was on on the community said i'm having this really rough time can somebody please tell me what i'm doing wrong with my code and i wasn't doing anything at that time so i just looked at her code fixed it and was like here you go and uh, she was like that's fabulous would you like to come help you know famous footwear (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean it's Getting out there and and not necessarily networking in the traditional sense of like trying to get your business name out there, but like talking to people, you know, um, geeking out about it, you know, trying to help, you know, uh, has definitely been a driving factor in uh, the clients that I've gotten. I like that. Yeah. How do you like stop yourself getting distracted by social media (laughs) uh i am actually i have uh, i call it the code zone and that's where i don't see i don't hear i don't you know it's all code and i don't you know not everything else disappears so even if my slack icon is bouncing up and down you know i just uh, it i don't see it 
So and when I'm in the code zone, like I, I will stay there for hours on end and just doesn't I don't get distracted. Wow. Yeah, my my husband <laughs> will have to like get in front of me and like wave his arms and be like, Hey, I need to talk to you. You know? I, I'm loving the idea of the code zone. Yeah. But is it ever an effort to get in the code zone? Like if we were trying to get in the zone ourselves? Yeah, uh, you know, and it all it it comes and goes as well because I'll have days uh, where I just can't force myself to code, and then there are days when I'm in the code zone for you know hours on end. I can't really like force myself to get into it. <laughs> it's just something that happens. Like I'll start working, and then get really engrossed in what I'm doing. Like uh, especially if there's like nitpicky little things that I need to to work out, you know, that's what really starts the code zone. And then, you know, it just goes on from there. So what do you do on a day when you can't get in the code zone? Uh, I will, I will try to code, but usually (laughs) I end up like just tweeting or helping people or, uh, you know, things like that. Like I'm not going to force myself if I sit here for two hours and get like maybe three lines of code or whatever, like that's just, it's a, it's a day let's wash it, you know, and let's try to make, you know, if it's not a code day, that's fine. Just do something else related to work. Cool. How would you say like your work-life balance is? Uh, I think it's fine. My husband and my friends would tell you that uh, <laughs> I am never available. Uh, uh, like I said, the code zone, man, really puts you in like just time passes. So I just, it doesn't feel long to me. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I would, I would say that, yeah, I'm working pretty much like 8am to 6pm pretty much every day, even including weekends. Every once in a while I'll have a weekend off. Yes, I know that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, um, and you're cool with that because you really enjoy it. Like, do mm-hmm. I presume anyway? It sounds like you you're very passionate about it. How do yeah. you like? Do you schedule the weekends off, or it's just for you? Or is it that your husband finally just breaks in and drags you out? I don't. Know. <laughs> no, I, I schedule. You know, I try to make it so that uh, I only have like one project to, to do on the weekends, so that I'm not constantly doing it. Like every once in a while, okay. I'll go to like a movie. Or, you know, make dinner, uh, you know, you know, have a nice fancy dinner. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's it works for me and uh, works for, for friends and husband. They might want to, you know, want me a little bit more time. But I, I do try to, to balance a little bit. <laughs> Can I ask that? Like, is your you work, you know, you're working a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. Is that... Um, is that because oh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, but it's like, because it sounds like it's not bad time management. It sounded like you were on top of your time management. Mm-hmm. Is it simply that you have lots of work to do and actually you're, you're, you would quite happily just take on job after job after job? Or is it that actually you really, you know, you need the money and so therefore you'd rather take all of those jobs or like, because there can be different influences as to what, affects our workload. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot say no to an email in peril. 
if there's an email that needs to get done, I will do it. That should so be on your website as a tagline. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I if I if there's t- if I have time if if I think that I can you know mentally you know uh, you know be okay like you know have 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 an okay balance if I think that I can take on an an extra little email then yeah I'm going to do it. So, and yeah, there are, I would say that, that I have so many clients that they are sort of like now starting to get on top of each other. So I'm probably, this probably isn't going, going to last for too much longer. I probably am going to have to find a different way of handling things. But And when it comes to taking vacation? Oh, (laughs) with vacation. I actually, I took a two and a half week vacation in Italy and Spain and France uh, this summer in July. And I told people, I told all my clients a year beforehand and told, and let them know every about a month, Hey, just letting you know, I'm leaving, you know, for two and a half weeks in July. So make your, you know, uh, get your, you know, your emails into me way beforehand. And, uh, you know, just kept doing it every you know, a month or so, and then every week, you know, as we get closer. So uh, I can take time off. It's just, I just need to make it very clear to my clients that I am not going to be, uh, you know, available. And in for that uh, two and a half week cruise, yeah, I did not bring my computer at all. I had my phone, but uh, I didn't have my computer. So there's no possible way I could have done work nice actually i want to ask you about because i like i said i love emails y'all as a name but obviously you've made a name for yourself as Anne tomlin Mm -hmm. as well when you went decided to go full-time freelance why did you choose to work uh, as a company name you know i've actually been asked that before because uh i've run to some other freelancers who just you know like incorporate their name or you know do their their name as an llc and um you know, I, I can't tell you why I decided to do something, you know, to different, but I just thought that it would be more fun to have a, a fun name, you know, that would stick in people's head rather than, oh, you should see Ann Tomlin, you know, Ann Tomlin seems a little forgettable, but emails y'all. Uh, definitely <laughs> sticks in people's heads. Now, Anne, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make mm-hmm. two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? So uh, the three things are I've visited six continents. Uh, I'm exclusively a Mac user. And I almost named my company Code That Email. Six continents. I, there's only seven, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's probably easy to say. Which one haven't you been to? <laughs> Antarctica. Okay, which was your favorite continent out of the ones that you have? Europe. Hmm, okay. Playing to the home crowd here. I like that. Um, <laughs> Mac, I mean, yeah, you see, I, I don't really have any questions about Mac because once you get into a Mac, often you don't go back code that email that seems plausible as i don't code that email it's actually quite a good name which makes me presume the six continents is a lie unless of course the fact is actually you've never used a mac in your life 
Okay, six continents is the lie. Yes. I've only been to four. <laughs> four is still good going. Yeah, I still have yet to do South America um, and Australia. And if I could get to Antarctica, I totally would. Um, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you being freelance? Uh can I say that getting into it <laughs> because uh, I was so very hesitant to get into it into you know to actually strike out and go full-time freelance and that was a very hard choice to make and like I said I talked with my parents with my husband with all my friends with you know people who already had their you know had companies done I talked to everybody and got their opinion about, you know, what, uh, you know, what I should do, what I should, you know, um, be ready for that type of thing. So yeah, jumping in, uh, taking the first step was the most difficult thing, you know, so far. What was holding you back? Uh, I had just been doing freelance on the side, so it didn't seem like something that would actually pay off. Like I, I, I'm, I was so, you know, in this mindset of I have to be a cog, you know, in a, in a big, you know, company machine, uh, in order to be successful and have a very stable sort of job with, you know, that I can provide for my family and, and that sort of thing. It just didn't seem like I could further my career if I went, uh, totally freelance, I mean, that was obviously extremely wrong, <laughs> but uh, it, it was definitely a very big worry for me at that time. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Do it. Do it now. Do it faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's been so good to talk to you. Uh, make sure you go to beingfreelance.com. There are links through so that you can find Anne on social and also check out her website and so on. So, uh, yeah, as with all of our guests, go to beingfreelance.com. There's now over 200 guests. So make sure you've hit subscribe. Make sure you go back and listen. Whatever they do for a living, it doesn't matter. It's all about the being freelance. And while you're at the website, beingfreelance.com, click on community. Come join us. And if you like what we're doing, of course, you can also support us. You can buy me a coffee and biscuits and um, check out our supporters as well at beingfreelance.com. Um, but for now, thank you so much, Anne. It's been an absolute joy to speak to you to kick off season 10 and all the best being freelance. Thanks. Thanks.